BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, everybody, and welcome to RealPod. I'm Victoria Garrick, former D1 athlete and mental health and body image advocate. Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you awesome guests, weekly inspiration, and the realest conversations around everything and anything. Now let's get real. Welcome back to Real Pod, everybody. It is a solo episode. Aren't you lucky? No, I'm just kidding. But it's just going to be me the entire episode. So I'm really excited about this. We're going to some one-on-one time. I've been wanting to do this episode for a while because I always get people asking, you know, how do I start intuitively eating? What are your biggest tips for me if I want to start this? So I thought, why not make an episode where I really sit down and detail five tips for any of you who want to start intuitive eating. If you have clicked on this episode, then yay, I'm excited because that means you are probably someone who is curious about intuitive eating and this practice. And that makes me so happy because I truly believe that this is just such a beautiful way to eat and approach food. And I think that the more people we can get intuitively eating, the better, honestly, because it is just truly the most natural way to eat in my humble opinion. (laughs) Along with that being my opinion, I wanted to add a quick disclaimer, a quick but important disclaimer. I am not a licensed professional on this matter. So these tips are just my opinion based on my personal experience going from a binge eating disorder to intuitive eating and ultimately healing my relationship with food. So just please proceed knowing that these are my tips from personal experience and my own practice and research about this field. Special shout out to Janine Roth and Elise Resch, two pioneers in the intuitive eating world. They have been instrumental to my understanding of this process. I have consumed their content and teachings back to front, and they have been everything to me on my intuitive eating journey. And I have also linked some amazing books, podcasts, Instagram accounts, and resources for all of you in the description of this episode. If you want to check those out, and continue doing a deep dive into intuitive eating and learning from the professionals and experts in this field. Right before we dive into my five tips, I want to give a special shout out to Haley. Haley left such a sweet review. It says, this podcast is absolutely life-changing. It has changed the way I think about myself, especially in relation to food and eating. For as long as I can remember, I've struggled with an awful cycle of restriction, which led to overeating and binging, which led to more restriction and more binging. Through listening to Victoria and RealPod and her incredible guests, I've learned to listen to and love my body and give it exactly what it needs instead of constantly trying to control it. 
So thank you, Victoria, for giving me this gift. Haley, this is such a kind review, but the truth is, girl, you are the gift. You have always had the gift. Maybe I was some small revelation or step along the way, but you always had this within you, girl. I am so proud of you and I'm rooting for you. If you have yet to review this podcast, you can head over to iTunes and leave it a quick review and a rating, and you just might be the shout out that I read next week. On that same note, if you have not already subscribed to this podcast, make sure that you subscribe so you get that automatic download every single Wednesday, wherever you listen to your shows. All right. With that said, let's hop into this episode as I share with you five tips to start intuitively eating. Okay, we are starting. Right before I give tip number one, I want to properly define intuitive eating, right? Because I think it might be helpful to just quickly give the definition and help you understand it. So when we look at the definition, it is essentially a self-care eating framework, which integrates instinct, emotion, and rational thought into the eating process. Now, this can be hard to understand. So let's think of it this way. When you have to pee, what do you do? You get the urge, you get like this cue, the sense from your body. Oh my God, I have to pee. And then you go to the bathroom and you pee. You don't tell yourself, oh my gosh, but it's like four o'clock and I'm not supposed to pee till six or, oh my God, but does Gigi Hadid pee this many times a day or I have to pee this many times a day. You just get the instinct and you pee, right? That's essentially intuitive peeing. Intuitive eating is very, very, very similar. It's getting that cue from our body and then acting on it to a level at which we feel satisfied. One of my favorite quotes and realizations is that if diet culture did not exist, intuitive eating would just be called eating. The same way no one says intuitive peeing, they just say peeing. Because there's not a billion dollar industry profiting off of the way you pee. Now I'm getting a little tangent there, but anyways, we get the idea. It's just listening to your body's natural cues of when you want to eat, what you want to eat, and how much you want to eat. Now, it is easier said than done. So we're going to get into my five tips that I hope can help you on your journey as you start this practice. These tips are not really in order of importance. They're more in like a chronological order, I would say. And also, oh my gosh, there are millions of tips I could give on intuitive eating. and I'm not going to be able to get into everything today. But when I think about someone who's starting intuitive eating, if I had to give them five tips, these would be my five. First and foremost prioritize healing your relationship with food and your body. Now, this might sound counterintuitive because you're probably thinking, girl, I want to stop thinking about food. Food controls my life. Like, the, I don't want to make this the number one thing in my life. It already is against my will. The number one thing that I think about that tortures me every day. I get it. But in order to really heal from something, we can't just run away from it and hope it's going to get better. We have to face it. We have to look into the magnifying glass. We have to look inwards and we have to work on it. And really taking a second to agree with yourself that you are going to commit to prioritizing a healthy relationship with food in your body, right? To healing your relationship with food in your body, then this can really feel like something you are fully and wholeheartedly buying into. Some ideas for what this looks like might be rejecting diet culture, right? All the fads and ads, no longer reading, listening, or letting yourself consume those. Unfollowing the accounts on Instagram that make you feel bad about yourself 
or stop hanging out with the guy or girl who triggers you, setting the boundary, setting that boundary with whoever in your life is making your relationship with food worse, covering your full body mirror, throwing out the scale. Maybe you stop getting into pictures with people if that makes you think about your body and feel self-conscious, right? Ultimately, you're just creating an environment where it's going to be easier for you to succeed. And this was something I did. You know, when I realized, you know, my relationship with food is not great and I am miserable and I just, I don't want to live this way anymore. I made the decision and the commitment to prioritize healing my relationship with food and my body. I did many of the things that I just listed to you. You know, it might look different in your life, but the first thing I think is so essential to this is committing to it. And we are going to get into the ways in which that will help you throughout this process as I continue along with the tips. My second tip is to give yourself permission to make the decisions. We love that. A little rhyme from me over here. Took me a while to think of that one, but I hope you guys like it. Give yourself permission to make the decisions. Now, what does this mean? Well, when we're on a diet, we're actually not in control. And it was mind blowing for me to learn this the first time because I thought, oh my gosh, I'm so in control. Like I only eat these foods. I don't eat those foods. I eat at this time. I stop at this time. I weigh myself. I write down what I weigh. Like I'm so in control. But was I in control? Was I girl or was the diet controlling me? Was toxic diet culture and my ED controlling me? And it was the latter. All those things were in control. It wasn't me. I want to tell you guys about today's sponsor, Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community that offers membership with meaning. There is so, so much to explore, so many awesome projects to create, and just an entire community of fellow creatives, both teaching and learning. Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth. I actually recently took a class called Productivity for Creatives, Build a System That Brings Out Your Best, taught by entrepreneur Thomas Frank. I was so excited when I saw this class because I am an entrepreneur, and while I do my best, I do struggle to be organized, and I was eager to learn his tips and tricks. My favorite takeaway was his point about setting up a work environment where you can be successful. So instead of just flipping your phone over and putting it in a drawer, you actually power off your phone and you walk it across your place or downstairs, upstairs, wherever you live, and you really move it away from you. And then you go back into your work environment. You can find classes on animation, music, production, film, video, graphic design, illustration, web development. There are so many amazing things to learn on Skillshare, and it's also affordable, especially when compared to pricey in-person classes and workshops. An annual subscription to Skillshare is less than $10 a month. And guess what? Listeners of this podcast will get a free trial of the premium membership. So today you can explore your creativity at Skillshare and get access to all of the premium classes for free. All you have to do is go to Skillshare.com slash RealPod. That's Skillshare.com slash RealPod to access your free premium membership trial. In a study by Esquire, 54% of women said they'd rather be hit by a car than considered fat. If I'm being honest, I've been those women. So for me, this isn't just a podcast. It's personal. I'm Danielle Robay, TV host and journalist. And years of celebrity interviewing taught me that beauty isn't about what you look like. It's about who you become. Each week, I'm having thought-provoking conversations, digging into the stories of people who put a new spin on pretty. From entrepreneurs and authors to politicians and celebrities, no topic is off limits. So join me every Thursday for a new episode to feel pretty inspired, pretty seen, and best of all, pretty smart. So the second tip is to forget all of those rules 
that have held you down and made you miserable for all these years and instead giving yourself the permission to make the decisions of when you want to eat and how you want to eat. It's like that scene from SpongeBob where Squidward is like, empty your mind. I'm essentially Squidward. You are my SpongeBob. And I am telling you to empty your mind from diet culture. All the rules and the things that told you when to eat, what to eat, how to eat, we are getting rid of those things. And in this new, fun, sparkly, colorful world of intuitive eating, there are no rules. You are allowed to decide when you want to eat, what you want to eat, how you want to eat. And the last thing I'll say here is it's okay if you don't feel like you know what to do. That's a part of this process is you're going to explore and you're going to learn about what you want, what your body wants. No one is perfect at anything when they first start. So while it can feel really scary to no longer listen to the rules of diet culture, taking that leap is so important because now you will actually get to start realizing and understanding what you truly like. And it's probably going to shock you. For example, I never let myself have lots of Oreos when I was dieting. That was just a food where I was like, you can't have Oreos. And when I started intuitive eating, of course, one of my decisions was, well, I want Oreos. And I started eating them and I started thinking about how they felt in my body. And I realized, wait, Oreo cookies kind of make me nauseous. Like every time I have an Oreo cookie, I never really feel great or energized. I feel like meh and sluggish. And it doesn't have anything to do with the type of food or the category of it. It's just for whatever reason, when I eat Oreo cookies, I don't feel awesome. And so through intuitive eating, I learned that about myself. So this second tip is just about giving yourself permission to fail, to make the decisions, to explore. And that is one of the biggest parts of intuitive eating, right? Is taking that leap to trust yourself. So now that you are the boss, right? You're the decision maker of your life and your eating. Our third tip is to use the hunger and fullness scale. Honor your hunger and respect your fullness. I saw that phrase on Alyssa Rumsey's blog and I loved it. I'll say it one more time. Honor your hunger, respect your fullness. So what does it mean to honor your hunger? It means to eat when you're hungry and listen to that cue. And it's crazy because for so long, we've been told not to listen to it. It's like our bodies natural. I mean, it's the most basic other than breathing. This is the most natural human cue we could have. Really, it's what we have to eat to live. We have to breathe to live. And our whole lives, especially as females, we've been told, you know, you shouldn't have this food. If you eat this many times, it's bad. You know, it's taking us farther and farther away from our body's natural instinct. This goes back to the the intuitive peeing, you guys, right? is our body just knows when to pee. And our body similarly knows when it wants to eat and how much it wants to eat. And look, our hunger cues are all different and everyone's can be affected to different levels of severity depending on if you've had an eating disorder or what your struggle has been like. And it could take some people longer than others to get their cues back. Fortunately though, since hunger cues are natural, they will come back with time. And in the intuitive eating book, which is linked in the description, which is fabulous, some of the cues that Elise Rush and Evelyn Tribole list for hunger cues, you know, if you're struggling to find those, are things like this. Your stomach rumbling, gurgling, a feeling of emptiness, right? Your throat, maybe it's dull or it's achy. Your head, are you feeling dizzy? 
Is it difficult to concentrate and having increasing thoughts about food? Maybe your mood, right? You're irritable or your energy, you're feeling sleepy and lethargic. All of these things are a part of the cues that you might need energy and fuel. So when you sense that, when you get that hunger cue, allow yourself to eat. And one more follow-up I'll add here is it does not matter what time it is if you already ate what you didn't do for your workout that day or what someone else is thinking or saying to you about what you've eaten. When you are hungry, you are honoring that hunger and you are allowing yourself food. And this honestly kind of incorporates tip number one, which is prioritizing this. You know, if you get hungry and you are out somewhere or you don't have the option to eat, if you've prioritized this, you've prepared. So you might wake up 10 minutes earlier that morning to pack an extra apple, bar, bag of chips, carrots, sandwich half, you know, whatever it is in your bag so that if the hunger comes, you can honor it. And the second part of that is respecting fullness. So when you are full, realizing that there's no need to continue to eat, your body has the fuel that it needs. And there's a beautiful analogy about this that I read in Janine Roth's book, Breaking Free from Emotional Eating, that really helped me understand the concept because I was someone who I could not stop eating. Now, it can be hard to respect fullness because some of us grew up probably being told, hey, finish your plate or that's wasteful or you're wasteful if you don't finish the food. I was someone who always had to eat everything. Like if I had a full burger and fries, I was eating every single thing on my plate. If I had two scoops of ice cream and a cone, I was eating both scoops in the cone. Like even if I was full, I was usually always full, but it's so uncomfortable and it doesn't feel great in your body, right? So we want to be able to respect our fullness. Now, here's an analogy that might help you if you are someone who struggles with respecting your fullness. Your body is energy and fuel for you. So when you eat the amount that you need to have the energy, right? Let's maybe use an example of a car. A car needs gasoline to drive, similar to the way you need food to live. So when the car is full with gas and the little meter is like, we are full all the way to the top bar, you stop filling it with gas because you know that the car is is full and it has everything that it needs. It's the same way with food. When your body signals to you that it's full, you listen to it. And the terminology actually used in the analogy that really helped me was the food can either be waste in your body or waste in the trash. So if we know that we are full and we have all the energy we need, the food that's remaining is waste no matter what. Whether we eat it, we leave it on our plate, we throw it away, the food is already going to do nothing for us because we have everything we need. So that guilt or feeling like you're being wasteful if you don't eat everything isn't really true because the food is waste no matter what. Whether you eat it or not, it's not going to be used for what your body wants to use it for. So in realizing that, you can put the food in Tupperware and you can save it for later. You can refrigerate it for later. You can toss it if it's done. Regardless, that extra food is waste no matter what. And look, I want to add a side note here because yes, there are many times we're going to eat past when we are hungry. We're human. We emotionally eat. Sometimes we consciously eat more than we need. And there's nothing bad or shameful about that. So I know the word waste can seem very negative. I don't mean it in a negative way. I just mean it purely by its definition of it's not being used for, you know, something purposeful. So when you are trying to practice this respect of your fullness, 
that's where I would specifically apply this method, especially if you are starting out with intuitive eating. And look, I still have moments where I feel that like binge side of me or that voice creeping in like, Victoria, eat more chips. Like, let's get more food. The other night, I don't know what it was, but I was just having all these thoughts about like, I want to eat, I want to eat, even though I knew I wasn't hungry. And so I just had to remind myself, Vic, girl, fam, you can have more chips. You can have chips anytime you want. But are you hungry? Because, you know, if you're not really hungry, it's not going to make you feel the best. And food actually doesn't taste as good when, when you're not hungry for it, right? So I had that heart to heart with myself of, look, I can have the food if I want it. I can keep eating if I want it, but I'm full and it doesn't feel good when I eat past being full. So I'm going to choose to respect my fullness. And it takes some getting used to. And honestly, this is why the permission that I talked about in step two is so important because it's telling yourself that you can eat. You can continue eating whenever you want. And that gives you the freedom to truly listen to yourself in the moment because when we're dieting and we're restricting, the reason why we want to eat everything at once is because we don't know when we're going to um, ever have that again. Like if I, I eat all the chips, Ahoy cookies at night because it's going to be taken away from me. I'm going to be on a diet tomorrow. I'm never going to get these cookies again. So I eat them all. But when I know that I can have chips Ahoy cookies whenever I want, because I'm allowing myself that permission, then when I'm full after eating two, I don't feel this urge to consume them all because I could go back and have one anytime I want. Personally, I think resale is the future. I just love selling my own clothes as well as buying fabulous and in good condition items for like half the original price. And with the Curtsy app, you can get thrift store prices delivered right to your door. Yep, it saves you the pain of having to thrift through tons of items that aren't your style or size. They have brands like Nike, Urban Outfitters, Princess Polly, Champion, Free People, and Levi's all up to 70% off. I just recently found an absolute gem on the Curtsy app. I'm so proud of this. It was a Chanel bag that I'd been dreaming of, but of course I didn't want to buy it for full price at Chanel. And so I found one in practically mint condition from a seller on Curtsy for such a deal. It was insane. My friends don't even believe it. And I've been getting so many compliments on this bag. So not only can you find gems like that, but you can also sell your own bags, shoes, clothes, etc. Curtsy makes it so easy. Literally anyone can do it. They suggest prices, which is helpful if you've never sold your clothes before. They mail you free shipping labels and you can instantly cash out to your debit card and make real money. So if you want a sustainable way to get Urban, Champion, and Lulu delivered directly to your door, download the Curtsy app today from the App Store and enter promo code REAL for 15% off your first order. So once again, just download the Curtsy app spelled C-U-R-T-S-Y and enter promo code REAL for 15% off your first order. So download the Curtsy app today and enter promo code REAL. Go get shopping. So overall, honoring your hunger and respecting your fullness are clearly very important aspects of intuitive eating. They can be tough to get down, but it just takes that time and practice. And I will kind of add on to this on tip number five, but for now we're going to go to tip number four, which is approaching food from a lens of satisfaction. Elise Resch said this on her episode of Real Pod, and I absolutely loved this. Sometimes it can be difficult to decide what we want to eat, right? It can be really overwhelming, and we might have those thoughts creep in of good foods and bad foods and all of those things that we've been conditioned to believe. So if you just take this approach of, okay, well, what's going to make me feel good, right? What's going to satisfy me? It's going to help you have a clearer lens on what you actually want to eat. So forgetting the calories, forgetting the labels, ignoring the time of day, just thinking, 
how is this food going to make me feel? And satisfaction is the feeling you want to end up with. And a lot of times people think that with intuitive eating, they're going to eat 10 million pancakes. But really, that's not the case because if you are truly in touch with your body, you would know that eating 10 million pancakes, which sounds like such an exaggeration, won't actually make you feel great, right? You're you're probably going to feel super sick after eating all those pancakes. So when you're really taking it from a lens of satisfaction, maybe sure you want the pancake and you want syrup and you want a slice of butter and you want eggs on the side, whatever it is. When you approach from the lens of satisfaction, you will naturally be more in tune with what food you want to eat and also honoring your hunger and respecting your fullness like we just talked about. Another great way to really understand this concept of the lens of satisfaction is just thinking about like, it doesn't matter how many calories are in an egg white. The question is, do you want the egg whites? And the first time I saw that written, I just laughed out loud because I'd never really asked myself, is this what I want to eat? Is this going to make me feel good, make me happy, you know? And the answer was always no. It was just the most low-cal thing or the healthy thing or the thing that would make me feel less guilty. So tapping into the satisfaction lens is, is so huge and will make it seem less scary when you're staring at a fridge of options or you're staring at a pantry of options. You can just take that deep breath and think, okay, what's going to really satisfy me? And it's important to note, right, that it's a luxury and it's a privilege to have options of what to eat. So if that's not an option for you, just making the best choice from what is available to you. Out of what is there, what's going to make you feel the best? And finally, our fifth and final tip. I say our as if like I have friends here. My final, my final tip for you, fam, is relentlessly pursue kindness, curiosity, and compassion. Now, I was looking at those words thinking, I wish these all started with C's because then I could say the three C's. But of course, kindness is spelled with a K. So here we are. But anyways, the two C's and the K, kindness, curiosity, and compassion are so important on the intuitive eating journey. You are trying something new and hard and scary. Yes, it is scary. It is so scary to commit to intuitive eating. I mean, it doesn't have to be scary, but to some people it might be. And you're valid in those feelings. So it's so important to have good self-talk and a good relationship with yourself throughout the process. So let me tell you how each of these words has a role. Kindness. Be nice to yourself. When you talk to yourself, just be nice. You know, instead of saying, oh my God, that's so stupid. Why did I eat that? Or I can't believe I didn't listen to myself or I didn't respect my, you know, whatever it was, just be kind to yourself constantly check yourself on your dialogue. You know, am I being nice to myself right now? If my best friend called me and told me that this happened to her on her intuitive eating journey, how would I react and react that way to yourself? Kindness is so important. And for curiosity, that one has been a game changer for me on my intuitive eating journey, right? Instead of, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm hungry and I don't know what I want. And I can't believe I don't have the answers. And I, I can't figure this out. Instead of feeling like you want answers, just stay curious. Huh? What am I feeling like right now? How would this food make me feel? Well, I don't usually like bananas, but today I'm craving one. Refraining from judgment that can be so easy and instead staying curious. One time I overate and I had this binge of these patties I didn't like. And I could have sat there and been like, Victoria, this is so gross. And I can't believe you did that. And you're the worst. And 
blah, 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 blah. But instead I was like, huh, why did I eat those? (laughs) Those were disgusting. Why did I do that? And just having that conversation with me of, okay, well, I'm feeling kind of lonely this week. And I really wanted the idea of a, a burger and it didn't taste good, but I ate it because I was trying to fulfill a need of something I didn't have. And I, and what did I learn? Well, I learned that that's didn't make me feel good. And next time I can keep that in mind, right? So you're, you're being curious and that curiousness is actually productive and it's helping you on your relationship with food. So that next time you'll maybe make a different decision or you'll maybe react better. So remaining curious is important. And then finally, compassion is so important. And you guys, the reason why I titled this relentlessly pursue kindness, curiosity, and compassion is because, I mean, you have to fiercely and viciously be kind to yourself, be curious and be compassionate, right? Compassion. You've been through a lot. This is hard for you. You know, most likely you're someone who's been victim to years of diet culture, of an eating disorder or eating disorders, of dieting, of hurtful parents, toxic verbiage, you know, all of those things that have convinced you that you're not good enough or you have to eat a certain way. Gosh, it's hard. Like I'm sitting here thinking, I just want to give you a hug. Like it is tough and I've been in your shoes. So you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all figured out. It might be difficult. You might make mistakes. Heck, you will make mistakes, okay? There's going to be days or moments where your eating isn't where you want to be. Your thoughts about your body aren't where you want them to be. But that's where we have that compassion of, okay, man, I've been through a lot. Man, this is hard for me. Nobody's perfect. I'm only human and it's okay. I just want you to repeat that to yourself when things get hard. I'm only human and it's okay. I see you. I know you are trying hard and you are wanting to make this change in your life. And that is honestly something to be so proud of. I think just just the thought of I want to make a change is something to celebrate and something to be proud of. So I hope you take that moment to pause and step back and show yourself some love. I have seriously enjoyed my time with you today. It has been So great to connect with you on a topic that I'm so passionate about. I hope that this was helpful. I hope at least one of the tips helps you, or I hope you please go to the description and you check out the incredible resources of people who are creating similar content and resources that could help you. And I want to hear from you. So if you feel like it, head over to the RealPod Instagram at RealPod, leave a comment on today's post and let me know what your favorite tip was, or let me know any small revelations you might've had listening to this. I always wish that I could hear you back on a podcast, right? So I would love to know what you thought. You could also leave a review or a rating if you want. But either way, I am so extremely grateful for your time. And thank you for trusting me and letting me have this conversation with you, which I know is sensitive and I know can be tough at times. And I do not take that lightly. I am so thankful and beyond grateful and honored truly to be a part of 40 Minutes in Your Day. Thanks again for listening to this solo episode of Real Pod. And don't forget to check out the description. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Real Pod. If this hit home or helped you in some way, send it to a friend, a teammate, roomie, share the love, share the realness. New episodes of Real Pod come out every single Wednesday. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so you never miss an episode. 
To leave a rating or review of the show, head to iTunes and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you. Not to mention, you can stay connected with RealPod throughout the week, seeing behind-the-scenes info and sneak previews of upcoming guests by following the at RealPod account on Instagram. All information about today's show and guests will be linked in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. I love you guys so, so much. Let's go dominate the day. And as always, keep it real.